Okay, what I want to just take a few moments of your time this morning, I want to share on something called The Christmas Door. I don't know if you've ever seen the film The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um, it's the, uh, a book by C.S. Lewis. It's uh, come out as a film uh, fairly recently. And uh, in the film, there is uh, a wardrobe in an old house. And uh, at the back of the wardrobe, there is a door. And this door leads into the magical world of Narnia. And it's a, a place where everything comes right in the end. And lots of people view Christmas, the time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, they view Christmas in exactly the same way. They see it as a place where people retreat in, in order to escape from reality. The Christmas season is seen as a doorway into a make-believe world where for a few weeks people can for, uh, avoid having to face up to the harsh realities of life. In actual fact, the birth of Jesus did open up a new way for us to uh, relate to God. But sadly, sentimentality, materialism and commercialization have all but now hidden this from sight. And this morning, I just want to take a few moments of your time to uh, reflect on some of the doors that are referred to in the Bible. So, uh, and as we do that, I believe that as we uh, look at these doors, uh, it will uh, open up a way. So as Jesus said, you may have life and have it to the full. The first uh, door I want to talk about is a closed door. And we had this read to us earlier in Luke chapter 2 verse 7. It says this, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and led, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Have you ever been locked out? Ever been locked out? It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? I remember when I was uh, about 23, my parents were living in Belgium. I was uh, in charge of the house. I had the house to myself for two years. And I remember coming back one night and uh, put the key in the door. Uh, it's a Yale key. Put the Yale key in the lock, twisted it, and it snapped. Snapped off. I was holding half a key in my hand. The other half of the key was in the door. All the other doors in the house were locked. There was no way that I could get into the house. And I just remember being a just blind panic coming on me. What am I going to do? How am I going to get in? My parents are in Belgium. They can't do anything. I don't want to smash a window. So uh, I, I just to totally perplexed. I kicked the door. I shouted at it. As you know, that doesn't actually work, doesn't open the door. And uh, so eventually I, I managed, I wandered around the house just looking for some way of getting in. And there was this little toilet window. And it, was, it would be about, about that big. And uh, it was open. I thought, can I get through there? Can I get through this window? So I stood on the dustbin. I stood on top of the dustbin lid. And I managed to get my arms uh, through this little hole. And uh, I managed to get my head through. And I managed to push, uh, push myself up. And I managed to get right the way through. I managed to get just about got my hips through. And as I was coming down, the window was like this. And as I was going through, the window was doing that. 
and my feet got caught. So I'm, I'm actually hanging through this toilet window. I'm hanging by my feet over the toilet, and I can't do anything. I can't go back, I can't get out, I can't go any f- further forward, and I'm, I'm absolutely stuck. Absolutely stuck. Fortunately, uh, there was someone who came to my aid and uh, lifted up the window like that, and I fell in. Literally, not into the toilet, by the way. But being locked out is a horrible feeling. In Luke's Gospel, it recounts the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. When Joseph and Mary got to Bethlehem, they needed to find somewhere to stay because Mary was just about to give birth. Luke simply tells us there was no room for them in the inn. So they had to stay where the animals were normally kept. The door was closed. Jesus was left outside. We all like to think in our sophisticated society, something like that wouldn't happen today. I mean, if the queen came to my house, I wouldn't leave her standing outside. Yet without realizing it, the majority of people have done exactly the same with Jesus. They've closed the door on him. There's no room for Jesus in their lives. They don't give Jesus a second thought. They ignore him and treat him as irrelevant. At Christmas time, this is particularly noticeable. A poll for the BBC TV uh, uh, children's program Newsround found 56% of 7 to 11 year olds had no idea that celebrating Christmas was all about the birth of Jesus. The real meaning of Christmas is not in uh, giving and receiving presents, however enjoyable that is. It's not about spending time with families, although that's great if you've got a family to spend time with. It's not about eating and drinking Christmas trees, fairy lights, sending or receiving Christmas cards, opening Advent calendars. It's really a time to remember Jesus. For too many today, Christmas is a time forgetting. Forgetting presents. The reality is forgetting Jesus. Will this Christmas you leave the door closed to Jesus or will you open the door to him? Or will the door remain closed? The second door I want to talk to you about is an open door. In Luke chapter 2 verses 15 and 16 it says this, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There was an open door for them to go in and see this baby Jesus. I remember some years ago going on holiday, Annette and I going on holiday, and uh, packed the car, uh, running uh, stuff in and out into the boot of the car, went away on holiday, came back, and as we came back, I just remember we didn't actually have any animals And uh, I remember seeing this cat sitting in our kitchen window. And what had happened was, uh, as we'd been packing the car, the door had been opened and the cat had just gone in. We'd missed it, gone away on holiday, come back, and the cat was being stuck in the house all the time we were away. 
The cat had seen the open door as, a, as an open invitation to go in. I come from South Wales, in the South Wales Valleys, and uh, people talk about in the valleys, they talk about the times when they were able to leave their doors open, and people just used to leave their doors open, and anybody could wander in and out. You know, an open door is an invitation. Most commentators believe that Jesus probably wasn't born in a stable, but was probably born in a cave where they kept animals. But wherever he was born, no one was prevented from going in to see this Jesus. The shepherds left their flocks on a hillside to go and find this baby who was going to be the saviour of the world. They found the Messiah lying in a manger. What a privilege. These shepherds were literally able to touch God. Jesus, who had been there at the creation of the universe, the one who'd placed the stars in the heavens, became a man. The Bible says God became flesh. God incarnate. That's what it means. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. No longer was God in heaven inaccessible unreachable, untouchable. God had come amongst men, had come amongst us. That is the wonderful message of Christmas. He had chosen to become a man so that all could draw near and know him. You see, today there's an open door for everyone to come through and know God. You can come through and know God today. There's an open door for you. This is the simple message of Christmas. You don't have to be rich intelligent or good-looking. Hallelujah. You don't have to have lived a good life. Anyone can come. The door is still open. Come and encounter Jesus this Christmas. And you'll find the new life that God has promised. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your souls. Jesus promises that if you come to him. We may not have had uh, angels speak to us. We may not have shepherds coming to tell us the good news. We may not have had a star to guide us. But we have in the Bible something that tells us that Jesus, God's son, became a man that we might have a relationship with his father. There is an open door for you this morning. Thirdly, I want to share with you about the only door. In John chapter 10 verse 9, it says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You see, this door isn't a door that's referred to in uh, the Christmas stories that we, uh, passages that we read about in the New Testament. It's something that Jesus said just before he died. Lots of people are happy to come to church once a year and to focus on a little baby in a manger. Yet, like all babies, this baby grew to become a man. Later in life, he made great claims about being God's son. His teaching influenced multitudes. 
and still does today. He worked incredible miracles. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. His lifestyle spoke volumes. He cared for the weak and helpless. He fed the hungry and loved the unlovely. He promised he would enable men and women to have a relationship with a holy God by personally dealing with all that prevented them from drawing close to God. It's what the Bible calls sin. Jesus voluntarily died on a cross at the age of 33, having committed no crime. Three days after his body was laid in a tomb, the Bible tells us, and we believe, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And he is now in heaven at God's right hand. It isn't sufficient for us just to focus on a baby in a manger. This same Jesus makes huge claims, which if true, demand a response from us. You see, Jesus is the only door. He's the only way into the presence of a holy God. He himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. There's no other way except through Jesus. It's only through him and what he has done for us by his death and resurrection that we can know God as our father and friend. You see, when you're faced with a door, you're faced with a decision to make. Will you go through it or not? The pre-Raphaelite painter Holman Hunt painted a, a famous painting called The Light of the World. And it's a painting of Jesus standing at a door. And Jesus stands in front of this wooden door holding a light and uh, he's knocking on the wooden door. And it's a famous, famous painting. And uh, if you look at the painting carefully enough, it's quite a dark painting, but it's, if you look at it really carefully, you can see that there actually isn't a door handle on the outside. And Holman Hunt, the artist, was asked... Why is that a mistake? Did you, did you, uh, was that deliberate? Did you miss something out? Did you miss the handle out? And Holman Hunt said this. He said, no. He said, the handle is on the inside. You have to make a decision, a choice to open the door or not. Jesus stands at the door of our lives and he wants to come in. He wants us to have a relationship with his father. But the handle's on the inside. And we need to make the choice, the decision as to whether we're going to respond to him or not. Maybe you're not quite sure what will be on the other side if you open that door. Can it be possibly quite as good as you're telling me this morning? Let me tell you this. I made that decision many, many years ago. And I tell you, it is the best decision I've ever made. When I opened the door of my life to Jesus, he has transformed my life. And he can do the same for you. It really is as good as the Bible says it is. As I come to a finish this morning, you may be thinking... How do I go through this door? How do I 
how do I open this door? It's as simple as A, B, C. And I want to leave you with three things that you'll be able to remember and take home with you this morning. The first thing is A. Ask God to forgive you for the things that you've done wrong in your life. Come to him. Say, God, forgive me. Be personal. Don't, uh, uh, don't be, just be generic about it. Tell God for the things you've... Be specific about the things you've done wrong, the things, the times you know that you've done things that you shouldn't have done. Be specific about it. Ask God to forgive you. The Bible calls that repentance. Repentance is it's a Bible word, but it means turning around and going in a different direction. Saying, God, forgive me, I'm not going to live that way anymore. B stands for believe. Believe what the Bible says about Jesus. Personally put your trust in Jesus to save you. You may not have heard uh, of a guy called Harry Colcord, but on the 17th of August, 1859, Charles Blondin, was, uh, who was a famous tightrope walker, crossed uh, Niagara Falls 160 feet above the falls on a tightrope. And uh, he crossed uh, over Niagara Falls, but one of his tricks was to take people with him, and he took his manager, Harry Colcord, on his back and carried him across Niagara Falls. Harry Colcord couldn't do anything. All he could do was to cling to Charles Blondin and trust that Charles Blondin would get him to the other side. Let me say, that is a picture of what it means to believe in Jesus. You literally cling on to him. All you're doing is holding on to Jesus. And you cling on to him for all you're worth. Let me say, believe in Jesus. And the C is commit to living the rest of your life for God and not for yourself. We live in a very self-centered world. A world that is full of materialism, doing things for ourselves. The way to enter this new life is to give your life to God. Commit to living for him. And in doing so, you find the greatest joy. A, B, C. Ask God to forgive you. B, believe in Jesus and cling on to him for all your worth. And C, commit to living the rest of your life for God and not for yourself. Do you want to open the door of your life? to Jesus this morning, there is an opportunity to do that. Don't miss the message of this Christmas season. Open the door to Jesus. We're going to uh, finish with uh, a final song in a moment, but I'd just like us to pray. And um, as we do, I'd just like you to close your eyes. And if this morning you just know you, you want to go through that door, No one else will see it, but I'd just like you to um, put your hand up and tell me that you want to do that. And if you do that, I'd like you to just come at the end of the meeting and come and talk to me. I've got some things, uh, some booklets I'd like to give you, and some people would love to pray with you. But if you want to take a step through that door this morning, that door to life, you put your hand up and uh, we'd love to pray with you.